Happy Friday. Good morning, good people. Welcome to ADZ Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness, Freeman Mazda, Hyundai. It is Friday, and I am your boy, your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! I'm happy and excited. It's Friday. We got OTA stuff to talk about. Open media session. Impressions are being made by our young rookie, man. So we're going to talk about that a lot today. A whole lot today, to be honest with you. And uh, there's some other news and notes that came out of OTAs. We'll get into. And if all goes right, if all goes well, we'll actually get a Cowboys beat reporter joining the show live at the top of the hour and one Clarence Hill Jr. from the Star Telegram. So make sure y'all stick around for that. Again, all has to go right. All has to go well. These things are always fluid, but it is what it is. Or as our guy likes to say over here. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Good morning, Cowboys fans. It's Friday or Friday, depending on if you're off or not. If you got paid, just got paid. Right? It all depends on how you feel about your Friday. But for me, it is Friday. You know, we got a good weekend coming up. Uh, so I'm feeling good. I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling happy, man. So appreciate y'all for being here on this feel good Friday. Let me give a shout out to the bomb squad in the building. Bomb squad! Danny Savage, Special K, Professor O, AJ Torres, uh, AJ Torres, Matthew Tisdale, Ted Prickett. What's up, Ted? It's been a minute, man. I haven't seen you around here in a minute. David J. Lord Nova, Jack Bynum. Toxic Tom Downey Burner account. Big Sarge. Trey Manning in the building. Samuel Rowe. Primetime Phil. Primetime Phil is hilarious. He said, I thought I was late, but I'm on time. Sky time for primetime. I like it. <laughs> I like it, primetime. 215 Khalil. Tino Santiago. Adam Mack in the building. CJ Richards over on Facebook. Peter Rizzo. Vern, what's good, Vern? See, when I see Vern, I think of uh, uh, Atlanta. Wasn't that wasn't that uh, Childish Gambino's name? Wasn't it Vern? Was it, was it Vern or Earn? It was Earn, not Vern. It was Earn. Thinking of Vern Troyer, Ernest, or not Vern Troyer. The uh, that's the, that's the small guy. Let me just keep going. Uh, Grant Rain H two O, Matt Goddix, TC nine one five, Big H, who, Mac Jones. James Rogley, Craig, what's good, Craig? C. Burleson, T. Hawk, Connor Collins, Iceberg Q. Bert, what's good? Bert the Priest, interesting name. Captain America, and Chuck P. Y'all see how I just like put them all together? Vern, Ern, Ernest. <laughs> that's me, man. My mind jumbles like that, but that's why I need take a sip to continue to wake up. What's good, bro? Lee in the building. Lemitra, I'm I'm always mess with messed that up. I really got to get that down, Lemitra. My apologies. Marcus Flores and the many more coming through. Tariq, I see you, Paul. I see you. Appreciate y'all. James, Mister Unpopular Opinion in the building. James, let's not turn that into a bit, man. We don't we don't want you to be a contrarian just to be a contrarian, right, James? We, we want to have some context to that, right? Have some context to it. But now, appreciate you, man. What's good, Swain? Antoine Swain in the building. Good show lined up, which is basically courtesy of the Cowboys practice yesterday. OTAs day four, what to know. Okay, and it's a lot that came out. I know it's OTAs, and I know a lot of people just look at this and scoff, but if you're here on this show at 
Central Time, 8.30. Eastern Time, 9.30. And Pacific Time, specific time, no. Pacific Time, what, 6.30? You're a diehard. You're, you're, you're looking for this kind of stuff. You're, you're into this. Now, the casual fans may not care about this stuff. But us, we care about these things that come out of this part of uh, off-season training camp because we're, we're going to appreciate it here in about two weeks when we have nothing uh, coming out of camp and they go on a big break. So, hey, man, y'all, y'all, better, y'all better love it up right now because it ain't going to be much coming out in a few more weeks. So what's up, D-Shift? Uh, Danny Savage. I already said Danny Savage, my bad. And, Ted, I got you too. Sully. Sam, yeah, we done boys. What's good? We done boys. First cup of coffee, need two, then to the gym. Had a... This ain't my first. This ain't my first, man. But all right, let's uh, get into the roundup, which is mostly injury updates coming out of uh, OTAs. So not nothing crazy, but we got some injuries. Some guys came back. Some guys did not. But we'll get into it here. It's time. 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 It's time. time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. This is the morning roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness. More than just a fitness club, we provide the tools, support, and resources you need to achieve your goals. Strive for progress, as we say here, not perfection, because those fitness goals are accomplished not with one workout. So progress toward the, towards those goals with Texas Family Fitness. You can sign up at any of the 13 different locations in the DFW area or visit TexasFamilyFitness.com. First up, uh, one of our prominent or guys that I think is a prominent player, I'll put the bullseye on his back to be a year two skyrocket. I think it's also a Diggy Zuba. I think Osa's going to be a beast, or at least that's the guy I, I have as my year two breakout player. He returned back after a a quad contusion. I think it was a quad contusion uh, last week. But, but, Chauncey Ghoston was still the first team three tag. Find that a little interesting. Find that a little interesting. Uh, Chauncey Ghoston, and again, it's the first game. Listen, we're going to treat today like overreaction Monday as well. Okay. Let's, let's not, we're not going to go too crazy about any of this stuff, but it, it is what it is right now. This is all we got to talk about. And it is exciting to get Osa back, but it's also exciting to, to hear that Ghosting. I mean, if you're really playing full time three tech, like the 20 pounds must be real, right? Like I haven't, I haven't been down there. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any pictures or, or videos or anything like that. Um, he obviously put on some weight. I don't know if it's exactly 20. I, I'm not there, right? But even if it's what 15 pounds 20 pounds it must be sitting right it must be looking good because he is a full-time dt according to people down there so hey let's see if if ghosting can make make you know things tough on tristan and tough on osa which again i still have osa as that guy but we talked about this before and we talked about it yesterday on on watch show if he truly is moving inside, that changes the dynamics of the competition. I think it becomes now Ghostin versus Tristan. 
And listen, like Tristan, you had three or four years or whatever it is now to really show something. If Golston starts popping, if Golston is getting first team three tech reps, defensive end turn, defensive tackle, does that tell you about Tristan Hill? I'm saying. And it's early. It's early. Something to keep an eye on uh, once we get to the mandatory mini camps and then once we get to training camp. Then we'll really see how these boys feel about Golston and about Tristan, et cetera, et cetera. The other one that got uh, a lot of people excited yesterday um, was Michael Gallup working on the courts. So, th- which is a good thing, by the way. I don't want people to think it's not a good thing. This is a good thing, but this does not indicate he's going to be playing week one. In fact, I'd actually urge you guys to want to proceed with caution with a guy they just signed to a five-year deal but he, he's back on the cords and i reached out to our doctor here if you guys remember dr boothby boothby of osmi i said well, let me he always said hey man if you got any questions about injuries or anything like that reach out to me so well damn it let me put this to test so i reached out to him and i asked him hey is this an indication that he's ahead of schedule um or is this a normal situation three and a half months out of surgery and this is what he said quote it's a good sign not really ahead of schedule or behind three months out is all about linear activity straight line stuff no twisting turning yet he's obviously working on linear strength and muscle balance right on target good sign he's there Two, he ended he started with good sign and good sign he's there that's really what we as fans should be focusing on all the medical stuff in between uh, we can't really do nothing about that but it's a it's a good sign that he's out there and there's no setbacks um and really that's at this point in in his recovery what you want to hear no setbacks kind of just on time to his recovery which uh steven jones said now you can take it with a grain of salt but steven jones said two to three games he would possibly miss uh, to start the season. The reason why I say take it with a grain of salt is because for whatever reason, Cowboys injuries seem to, to linger. And I don't want to say whatever reason they're injuries. They don't come back as quick as we would like them to. Uh, Tristan Hill tore his ACL in October of 2020. He didn't come back till the middle of 2021. Neville Gallimore's elbow situation happened in August. He didn't come back until late November. We were told that would have been like a five-week injury. Ended up being months and months. And then Demarcus Lawrence, he broke his foot, obviously. So that, that was going to take a while to come back. Blake Jarwin tore his ACL the first game of the season in 2020. And he wasn't really full go until the end of August, which was almost a full-year recovery. So I would imagine these guys are going to take their time with the dude they just invested five years and whatever, 50-something million dollars to. I don't think you want to rush him back for week one. I think you want to see where he's at, and then you go from there. Um, and I think they'll see that. I think they'll say, well, let's look at Michael Gallup. If he's, if we think he can play by week three, we don't put him on injured reserve. If we feel like we need to be more protective here and, and save him from himself or he needs a few more weeks, then they probably put him on IR. And IR will keep him out for four games now instead of three. So... That's where we're at with it. Then finally, another injury update. Tyron Smith returns. He comes back to practice on a a limited basis. But 
in a weird way. He's limited basis, but he got most of the first team work at left tackle in team period. It's a good thing. But it's still Tyron Smith, and it's still Tyron Smith's back, and it's something that the Cowboys are just going to have to watch out for as long as he's a Dallas Cowboy, right? Like, Vach always talks about, he might wake up and his back is aching, and then, you know, he might sneeze and his back is aching. Yeah, that 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 might happen. So, you know, you just got to keep an eye out on that. But that wasn't the Smith that stood out yesterday. Oh, no, Cowboys Nation. That wasn't the Smith that stood out. Uh, that is the morning roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness. Y'all know me. I've been pounding the table. That's like knocking at the door. For a, a swing tackle in here. And the Cowboys have been talking about Matt well, let's go, Josh Ball, and things like that. But yesterday, Tyler Smith, they said, all right, it's your turn, big fella. We're going to slide you out the left tackle from time to time and see what you got. And Tyler Smith did just that. He had some reps with the first team at left tackle and some reps um, at left guard next to Tyron Smith. Boy, Tyler and Tyron Smith Smith is really going to mess me up all year. But we're going to hit the Twitter streets, and we're going to hear from Micah and hear from um, Coach McCarthy about all of that. But before I do that, I'm going to hop back here into the chat and um, see what you guys have to say about the roundup. Uh, Toxic Sky, do you see Golston inheriting the Tyron Crawford role? That has been brought up a ton uh, in the comment section, but doesn't it kind of feel that way? Kind of feels that way, but damn, if you're putting on 20 pounds, I feel like just stay there, man. That's a lot of weight to be up and down, up and down, but it, it kind of feels that way. And I know that that, that comes off as a negative uh, thought because because Tyron Crawford was asked to do so many different things inside outside and we all believe it kind of may have possibly derailed his career and we don't want to see that happen with Golston so I mean in a way how can you feel like so excited for for a guy to move in and out in and out via weight putting on that weight if he's putting it on to stay at three tech that does excite me because you got a quick player who has some pass rush ability he can come in there and do some um, NASCAR type of things but if he's putting it on to lose it next year yeah I'd be concerned I'd be concerned uh, what's up with the video about Mark not being incredible enough to be a guy whoa whoa whoa, whoa. I'm not sure D shift what, what that is about bro um, yeah I don't know what video you're speaking of man but uh, shoot me a, a show me the uh, video on Twitter I'll see what's up uh, Lemitra, hey, Sky, O.J. Howard's in Buffalo already as of March. Yeah, I knew that. O.J. Howard wasn't available as a as an option. I didn't know if you if you guys thought he was, but, yeah, he's not available as an option. He was signed as soon as free agency started. Uh, Danny Savage, on passing downs, you're going to see four defense ends. Yeah, I don't know if you'll see four defense ends all the time because Osa Digizu was a legitimate passing rush threat and Neville Gall or not Neville Gallimore. My man, Golson is technically a defensive tackle now, but you will see what I think it was Vosh called it the end game. You'll see that from time to time. Armstrong, um, you'll see D-Law move in. You'll probably see, I guess you can go ahead and say if, if Armstrong slides in, you'll bring down, uh, I can bring down Micah. Who would y'all rather have? 
I ain't gonna ask that question. It's definitely Michael Parsons on the other side. But I'd put Michael Parsons and D Law next to each other and then say Osa and Fowler next to each other if you if you want to have some of that defensive tackle. But if it's like third long or something like that, and you want to go full NASCAR package, yeah, put in that end game. Put in that end game. Uh J A says, good info on the doc. Yeah, man. I'm man, I'm so lucky. We're so lucky to have that doctor. To be able to do this and he'll be back by the way we're we're done for for a minute here in regards to bringing him on but he'll be back during the season and i think that's going to be fantastic to have him available during the season uh because of all the injuries big sar says ghosting hasn't been converted to full-time three tech he's still going to be doing both primary edge and three tech on passing downs incorrect big sarge you are wrong uh, according to those down at the star, he is a defensive tackle now. Now that doesn't mean he won't be doing some defense and things. Uh, but according to the to the insiders down in Dallas, he is a defensive tackle now. Like that's what he is. And he'll probably do some things like uh Oso Digizua, who was a defensive tackle, but if you go pop on the film, he plays some five tech stuff. Uh so you'll see him do that. And honestly, when you think about it. His strength, like he came into senior week saying, I want to move inside. And he did well. If you go look at some of the tape last year, ghosting some of his best snaps, he slid inside. Yeah. Maybe this was ghosting's idea. Maybe ghosting came to coach and said, listen, I feel more comfortable in there. And you got a guy like Basham behind Dorrance Armstrong. I'm sorry, Dorn behind Demarcus Lawrence, who's a better pass rusher. That's just, it is what it is. He's a better pass rusher than uh, ghosting. And Ghost is trying to figure out a way to get on this field uh, on a more consistent basis. And maybe it's three tech. But, yeah, I'm just big stars. That's that's according to those down at the star that he is a defensive tackle right now first and everything else opposite. Well, let's hit the Twitter streets, man, and get back to this uh, Tyler Smith impression today. Joy Epstein said, rookie. Tyler Smith played tackle in college and is now practicing at left guard and left tackle. Mike McCarthy actually thinks he fits more naturally at guard than tackle so far because of his aggressive nature. Um, we'll, we will hear from Mike McCarthy on exactly that. But to hear that he took some first-team reps at left tackle next to McGovern and then left guard next to Tyron is encouraging that it's not too much for him. But it could also mean they're just trying to figure it out right now. But when you listen to Mike McCarthy and the presser, they, they really want him to be left guard right now. But I wonder, when exactly is that transition going to happen at left tackle? Because he also brought up a few times um, the long play with Tyler Smith. The, the long play is to have, you know, this, this is what we're looking at. That's why we're doing things at left tackle. When will that begin, though? Because we know Tyron Smith is going to go down. Is he going to slide out the left tackle? I'm still not sure about that. But if he does, oh, Bobby Belt. He tweeted this out about uh, Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith is going to be really, really good. He's gotten better every time I see him. Stonewalled Micah Parsons at left tackle today. <clears throat> Repeat that. Stonewalled Michael or stoned Micah Parsons at left tackle today. <clears throat> Remember yesterday on the list, 
one of the things was Tyler Smith's hands. I want to see Tyler Smith's hands. I want to make sure he's continuing to get better. And Bobby, had, when Bobby says here, he's gotten better every time I've seen him. And then if he has a you know a good rep against Micah, clearly those hands are continuing to get better. Which, if you listen to, was it Nate Newton? Nate Newton talked about, you know, that's something that could be fixed in, in 30 days, is the hands. And then I said, okay, we get the hands and let's make sure the feet follow the hands and the body control and things like that. I just, I really do think he can be coached up. And I forget who was in the chat yesterday who said, well, do we have the coaches to do it? Ladies and gentlemen, I think what Tyler Smith has to work on is nothing. It's not rocket science. So you'd have to be an all-time terrible coach to not train him in the kind of basic things he needs to get better at. The, the thing with Tyler Smith was always he was a work in progress from the ground up. So you're basically just reprogramming him with the basics uh, and fundamentals of offensive line because the athletic gifts are there. The mentality is there. The IQ, it's all there. And he's clearly making an impression on the on the not the rookies, but the the veterans and Michael Parsons and, and the coaches. And this is what Mike had to say about Tyler Smith yesterday. I think Tyler is going to be a really good player, but man, we're really excited about him. He's a strong kid. He gets his hands on you. I don't see too many people getting away. He got the best of a lot of guys here at practice so far, including you, Mike. He really made a great impression. He clearly made a great impression. In fact, I think it was Dak Prescott and Zach Martin. Dak Prescott and Zach Martin, if I'm not mistaken, they actually compared him to Ron Larry. Uh, Clarence, who will be joining us here shortly. Uh, Mike McCarthy said, Tyler Smith seems more natural at guard right now. His physicality shows up and he has impressed the veteran players. Dak Prescott couldn't shut up about Smith's strength and compared his power, as did Ezekiel Elliott and Zach Martin, to Ron Leary. Huh. Interesting. I remember on draft day when when, when the pick happened, and I had some fun with the pick because it was obviously other guys. I was like, ah, man, we'd love to get these this guy or that guy. But me and Foots had a conversation about Tyler Smith and the one of the players that popped into my head was Ron Leary. And after that, I went on to to say this about Tyler Smith in my uh, instant reaction video uh, after the draft. I'll tell you this: big boy when it comes to the pros, explosive. Mm -hmm. He's a finisher. He's yes. nasty. Yes. He's powerful. Mm -hmm. I said on a draft show with our guy Foots that he will instantly be probably your most talented left guard you've had since Larry uh, Ron Leary. And most definitely your most nastiest left guard you would have had since Ron Leary. Oh, who's that sharp fella? It's a nice little jacket there you got, man. Is that a chain, man? Nice little chain. No, seriously, man. If you go, you go pop the tape on, it's... And if we're, if we're thinking Dallas Cowboys, Ron Leary came to mind. Strong, physical, powerful, nasty... When's the last time we had a left guard like that? Ron Leary. So that's what popped to, popped to mind with uh, with him. And to hear guys like Tyron Smith and – or not Tyron Smith, but uh, Zach Martin and uh, Dak Prescott and Zeke all compare him to, to them, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. But – 
quick, take a listen to Mike McCarthy, who won in the detail on Tyler Smith at OTAs, um, gave him some praise, but then also cautioned, like, okay, it, it's OTAs, and I, I don't want to get too excited yet because I want the pads to come on. But um, he said that he's handling things pretty well. But uh, I, I think he's done a nice job so far. What does that say about him that he's able to manage that? In, 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 in... Oh, yeah. No, he's, he, he, I love the way he's wired. Yeah, he's, he's very aggressive, has an alpha personality, as, even as a young man. Uh, so he'll continue to grow, but uh, I, I think he's impressed the veteran players so far. I don't think I even realized the nuances between the left tackle and left guard position until I talked to him today. Mm -hmm. But given that you think that he's so aggressive, was that why there was such a mindfulness about getting him into those positions and getting some fluidity about position flex early on as opposed to getting him settled in one spot? Yeah, definitely. I, well, there's a big picture part to this, too. I, I think anytime you have. You know, you bring in new players to your organization. You, you want to, you know, create opportunities for them to be successful, and that's really what this is about. So, uh, I think he's, uh, you know, seems a little more natural at guard right now. I know he's played tackle uh, in college, but you know, he, he's uh, his aggressive nature fits bonds well for him in there. Um, so, I, I think it's a real credit to him that. You know, because of his physical gifts. That I mean, when he, when he needs, like you know, when when young players, you know, hit a crutch point, you know, how they react, and his reaction is to you know maybe jump set a guy, be aggressive. So, obviously, I, I think it, that's a little bit more challenge out there on the edge with the type of players you're going against, particularly the pass rushers too. So, uh, but hey, we haven't put the pads on, you know, yet. It's I've never. I never get really excited this time of year. I'm just trying to get everything taught. I, I really keep my eye on the target as far as just making sure they understand what they need to do. So uh, I hopefully nobody disappears that's having a great offseason program, but it has happened. So I appreciate Mike McCarthy uh, for breaking that down there and then saying, yeah, let's, let's hope that, you know, this is not just some spare the moment type of thing that these guys can carry it over. I think he went on to continue to talk about how uh, the next part of the offseason program is going to be a little bit more difficult for these rookies because they kind of ratcheted up a little bit uh, next week. So is it next week. Yeah, next week, I think the fifth and sixth or the sixth and seventh. The sixth and seventh is the final part, I think, of OTAs before mandatory minicamp. And I believe they're going to kind of ratchet it up a bit. So paying attention to what happens there is going to be important too. But listen, Tyler Smith, have a day, sir. Have a day. You've impressed coaches. You've impressed your uh, teammates, your veterans. And I'm pretty sure the fans hopefully should be happy about hearing this. Cause I've always, I say this all the time. Y'all y'all know I get it is what it is. It's OTAs. But would you rather hear about him getting cooked or would you rather hear about him holding up and doing well? Obviously it's the latter. Real quick, let's get Danny Macho Man Randy Savage on the horn before we uh, bring in the famed beat reporter. What's up, Danny? Good morning, Sky. Good morning, Sky. As the big bad booty daddy Scott Steiner would say, size <laughs> does matter. He did say but that. I don't he? care what you. I don't care what you weigh in June. I care what you weigh in January. So you put on this weight. That's great. Can you maintain it through camp in seventeen weeks? As Michael Irvin said, I don't care what 40 you run. What, 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 what can you run the 40 in the fourth quarter? Yeah. That's just my opinion on size. Now, let's get back to this Tyler Smith thing. Now, maybe I'm crazy, but draft night, the mummy Jerry said, well, we didn't go with Tyler because we need to get stronger on the inside. 
In the NFL, it's hard enough to play one position. So we go over Linda Baum for Tyler Smith. Everyone thinks we're going to plug him in at left guard. But now we got him playing left tackle also. Philly got four gangsters at D tackle. Now you put Tyler at left tackle, he, he's not going to be blocking those guys. So why did we skip Tyler Linderbaum then? So are you telling me like Lovesco and Josh Ball, are they busts already? Um, no, I think I think the long play is for Tyler Smith to be a tackle. I, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. Um but but that I think there's a long play. So I just think they're trying to see how it goes right now um, for Tyler Smith because this is the time you do these things, right? Let's get this out the way now, see w- what it looks like, and then when the time comes to fully do it, at least he's had some mental reps and muscle memory reps uh, to do so. But, I mean, just last week, Danny, they had ball and well, let's go out there, and we were talking about those dudes taking those reps. So I just think this is normal practice stuff, right? You're trying to get guys at different positions to see what they can do. Yeah, no, listen, I, I agree with you there. It's just like, you know what it is, man? I'm an old cat, and it's like, I just can't get excited over the under, over helmets and shorts. I just that, can't. That's let's fair. see what happens. That's totally fair, you know, Danny. Let's, and, and let's say, and let me be honest with you, if Tyler Smith was getting beat left and right, we still wouldn't hear about it with the Dallas media. Jerry would be out there still saying he looks all great. You know, listen, I'm a Dallas fan just like everybody else. Yeah, Jerry. Perfect example is Marquis Bell. Well, they're comparing this guy to uh, Ronnie Lott already. I'm like, come on, man. It's Danny. like it's like we can't blow up all these picks. Danny. Let these guys play. Am I right or am I wrong? <laughs> they call him Ronnie Lott. People, people put a marquee spell in Canton already. Oh, he's going to be a linebacker. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. <laughs> you know, it's funny. People think I'm a sinister. People think I am toxic, like Toxic Tom. I'm really not. No, Y'all, I'm not. I'm the voice of reason. Dead. I'm the voice of reason. How about the Vasher kid from Texas Tech? They talk of him. They talk about him like he's Randy Moss. Oh, let's put him a tight end. Let's put him a tight end. Well, then, that, no, well let's, that, put him, let's put him a left tackle. That's a bit wild. I, I, I agree with that. That's a bit wild. But it's, 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 it starts with Dallas. They just blow up every draft pick. This guy's this. This guy's that. You know, we haven't won nothing. Like I said to you, draft day. Forget about it. Put leave Smith the card. Forget about it. it. Leave it there. But but all right. But Danny. But Danny. So so the reason why people are talking about these people, and and I'll get to it in more with the rest of these these tweets. All four of your wide receivers are out. Your four of your top five wide receivers are out. So T.J. Vasher is a guy who's getting reps. So they're going to talk about him. Marquise Bell made a play. They're going to talk about him. No one is saying put these dudes in Canton or anything like that. But this is these are who we got to talk about, brother. It's it's OTAs. That's why I said caution. No, don't get crazy about anything. But if fans are calling these dudes Ronnie Lots and who's the other one you said? Randy Moss, which that's not happening. But well, that's the Vasher kid from Texas. Texas. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If, if fans are doing that, then that's just nuts. And I'll tell you, like I tell everybody else, ignore that, right? But, like, listen, I understand where you're coming from, but now if we're talking possible left tackle with, with Tyler Smith going into 2020. What about these shifts? What about Jay? What are we talking about? Anyway, and I'm sorry. I'm reading, into, I'm reading the chat. Go ahead. But if we're talking Tyler Smith, a possible left tackle, 2020 draft hasn't even come anywhere near yet, and we're already looking at a guard with our first-round pick. Oh, you, am I right or am I wrong? If you think that if they move him to left tackle immediately, like if Tyron Smith goes down 
And then we decide to move on from Tyron Smith and they decide to put Tyler Smith at left tackle. I mean, I mean, if he can do it, if, if, listen, if he can do we, we, you have to have the ability to take in new data. If he shows that he can do it, Danny, I'd much rather put him there and draft a, a left guard than bring in a rookie left tackle. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I'd give him the shot to do it, but if he had 17 holding penalties in his senior year, now, I mean, can it, can it be fixed? Yes. I just think he's better in a phone booth. That's just all I'm trying to say. Oh, I agree. I, I, think, think, he, I, I think he's a mauler. Right. Yeah, but what if he shows that he can do left tackle things next year? Okay, well, would you rather have a, a Ron Leary gangster type at tackle? Or inside, or inside a guard in a division where, let's be honest, I ain't saying these teams are great. Redskins have decent defensive tackles. Philly has decent defensive tackles. So you didn't go to the other part. Would you rather have a Ron Leary left guard, or would you rather have what? Who you want to compare it to him at left tackle? I don't need give a, me I, that. You don't, give me. you don't. You don't need a gangster at left tackle. What? You don't need Danny. It. Go you go sip you, some coffee, Danny. Please. You need a good player. Danny, left it's tackle gonna, is, say, is the, the blind side position. of your your yes, franchise quarterback. A hundred percent. But is anyone gonna say Tyron Smith was a gangster? He, he, well, he, he, well, he we got, got a, a lot of people by with I said oh yeah, Danny Danny, you Danny, I don't know why you're so so like in this in this mind frame, bro. You're not listening. If he shows that he can do those left tackle things like he's doing at left guard, then, yeah, I would rather have him at left tackle. I'm not saying he showed that, but if he does, what's more important, left guard or left tackle? That should be an easy question. Left left tackle. All left right. tackle. Unless the quarterback is lefty, then it's your right tackle. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. We're, 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 we're speaking notice, hypothetically think, here. Notice, I just think I'm more pissed about is, well, let's go and ball. Like, you, I, I kind of like – I don't see them talking about them – or just that's what I think I'm more about, you know? I hear you. We just talked about him uh, last week, last week, Danny. But, hey, listen, brother, appreciate the phone yeah. call, Danny. Um, keep on keeping on, brother. Appreciate you. You got it, Scotty. Great call. Later. We, we, we got to do some positive things, man, because Danny is not with it at all. <laughs> he is not with it. But, hey, we have our guest in the building, Clarence Hill of the Star telegram ladies and gentlemen let me bring him up in here how's it going chill can i can i call you chill yeah of course what's happening man how are you doing i'm doing great and uh, uh honored and happy to have you here joining this show giving us some of your thoughts man uh, no problem man no problem you up early on a, every morning like this e- e- listen every morning like this i'm up early here talking dallas cowboys brother that, that's all right. That's all right. Enjoying the grind. Enjoying cooking. the grind. What you got cooking for me? All right. So listen, you you right down there, chill, and I'm gonna jump right into it. The talk coming out of yesterday's camp and yesterday's practice, I should say, seems to be centered around the rookie, right, Tyler Smith, and we finally, or you guys finally, got to see him play left tackle, left guard, play next to to Tyron, and all those good things, but. Do you see a uh, noticeable difference with with him on the field compared to years past when Connor Williams was in there? 
Well, let's, let's, let's pump some brakes just a little uh-huh. bit. We're, we're, talking about, we're talking about the Underwear Olympics. Underwear Olympics. Let's, let's, let's understand. This is the Underwear Olympics. If you can't look good in shorts and T-shirts, you shouldn't even be in the NFL. Hmm. Okay, and just from the layman's eyes, you know, we're excited about Tyler because he's a first-round pick, and so we're going to be looking for everything he does. I don't think that Connor Williams stood out badly in past minicamps. Right. It's problem is when the pads got on, when you know, when when you know it was real football, where he had his issues. He didn't have his issues in minicamp. You know, so to say, you know, if it's different than Tyler, I mean, than Connor Williams, you can't say that. All you can do is talk about Tyler and what you like about him, what the Cowboys liked about him when they drafted him, and what is standing out about that part. And it's all a projection because we have not seen him on the field. We've never seen him against this type of competition. Exactly. And and again, I'm a Tyler Smith fan because he's from Fort Worth. You know, Fort Worth kid. I, you know, I, you know, I cut for local kids anyway, local Texas kids. And he's certainly from Fort Worth. He's big and strong. You know, talking to them yesterday, they talked about his strength. They rave about his strength. Uh, you know, there was a time he got that pass rep against my pass rush rep against Michael Parsons and and stopped him cold. You know, and and Dak talked about you know him reminding them of uh, Ron Leary with the strength inside. You know, and now when he gets his hands on you, you ain't getting away. That's one thing they've they raved about, and they're raving about his maturity, his work ethic. And I'll tell you one thing that, that's positive is that teams generally don't like to play rookies in multiple positions. You know, they, they, they want them to learn one thing. They don't want to overwhelm them, you know, the Cowboys have no problem playing him at left guard and left tackle even this early in camp. Mm-hmm. Now, usually you want to get him set in one position, let him learn one position, then we will then we expand now for that. You know that that's that's the philosophy. But uh, his intelligence, yeah, and his work ethic that that those are things that in addition to his strength. You know, he's a guy who can handle learning two positions at the same time, which says a lot about Tyler Smith. Yeah, you can hear that in his interviews. He, he's extremely impressive, and I can I can see why they loved him because he sounds kind of like a veteran at, what is he, 21 years old? Yeah, he, he sounds, he's mature, he sounds like a veteran, but he's also a sponge. He's soaking up things. He wants to learn, and he's a quick learner, all of that stuff. So, yeah, they're they're excited about what he can do. They You know, you don't draft a guy, well, I don't care what the pundits say, you don't draft a guy that high and in that position that you don't think a lot of him. And they have thought a lot of him, period. And, you know, basically they like what they've seen so far. They they feel good about their pick and, and what he's showing them. And certainly, you know, they, they love the size and strength. That's one thing they want to get bigger in size. And he's bigger, but he's also a smart guy and he's learning. And, and certainly everybody talking about he had penalties in college. Well, he, he wasn't, he didn't have the best coaching. Mm-hmm. He also, you know, was new at the position. You know, and, and so you're going to, you know, you know, so once you clean up some of the technique things, you know, I think those penalties he had in college went away, but he never got beat. Right. That's one of the things I was looking at, Clarence, was was his hands. and Because that's most where his penalties came from, was being wild with his hands. But I think that's something that can easily be coached up. Have you seen him get that under control over the, what, three practices I think you guys uh, took yeah. part of? Yeah, we, we, yeah, so, yeah, I, I can't say that I'm the – the guru as far as hand technique or offensive lineman. And I'm not, you know, it's something, you know, and the thing about it is, is that it's 60, it's 90 guys out there. Damn, there are 90 guys out there. They're all over the football field and they're in different sections and you're looking at different things. And most mm-hmm. people, you, we're watching the skill guys. Come on, right. we're watching Dak, we're watching C. You're not, you know, and, and the offensive linemen are 
in the, when they're doing the individual drill, they're the furthest away. So I, I can't say I'm watching his hand, okay? So it, I don't think anybody else can really say that they're looking at his zooming in on his hand drills and all the other stuff, whatever else. But you have to know that he's being coached more and, and paying more attention to those details than he ever has in his life. And, and, and he's going to be coached up in that. But, you know, yeah, we're, we're at practice. I'm writing. We're doing other things. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and certainly you, 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 the skilled guys jump out at you just because it's the skilled guys. And, you know, it's, it's really hard to judge offensive and defensive line play Without when pads. you don't have pads on. Yeah. 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 So it's just, it's just, you know, it's just, hand, it's just you know, it's underwear Olympics, we say. Well, you talk about the skill position, and, and from an injury standpoint, the one unit that's pretty much right now a blinking red light chill is the wide receiver position, man. You got you know, four of, I think, the top five of the receivers were out yesterday, uh, but that gave an opportunity for some of the other guys to step up. A uh, bit of a two for question here for you. What did that group look like, you know, without the top four guys or four of the top five guys, I should say? And is that Tony Pollard usage as a pass catcher? Does that seem real to you? Well, I mean, it's always been real. It's always something they talked about. It. I know Mike McCarthy's talked, you know, since Amar left, that they're going to use more of Tony as a pass catcher and use him as a receiver and, and something like that. That's, that's something they want to do. Um, and they're going to play him in the slot a little more. Um, so, you know, let's, let's, you know, when you say top four to top five, remember the number one is there. CD is there. And CD looks the part. Yep. Okay. See, CD was there. You know, and so we already knew Michael Gallup wasn't going to be there and, and Tobert and, um, and uh, James Washington have been injured. They haven't been practicing the last few weeks, and they, they set out um, Noah Brown yesterday. So, you know, you had some of the, the younger guys, you know, get some opportunities uh, with the first team. T.J. Vaster and Timmy Fajoko get a lot of opportunity with the first team uh, at receiver. And, you know, it, it's good for Vaster, who's been here for a year, to, to, to see. I don't, I don't He may have caught one or two balls. Simi caught a couple of balls. Simi also had a couple of drops. I don't, people didn't really know that, he, that the interception was a drop off Simi's hand and, and come the, the deck through. And you know he he you know and he had a couple of nice balls. Also had a couple of drops. You know and 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 so you know he, he this is off season when he needs to step up and make some plays and be more consistent. You know after being a draft pick last year, so it was a good opportunity. This week has been a good opportunity to give him the first team, get more rest with 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 Dak. But you certainly can't have those drops. Nope. Uh, they continue to rave about uh, Tober, you know, and he, you know, he did not practice with receiver, but he also, you know, he returns the kickoff, so he's close to coming back. And here's the guy who who looks the part. You watch his film, and you watch him in practice, and this guy looks like he he has it. Uh, it it's disappointing that that uh, Washington has an ankle injury or something. It was in a boot. He wasn't in the boot yesterday. He was in the boot last week, but he's still not back in practice. You, know, you want him to get these opportunities with Dak Prescott, but it's early. You know, you still have another week or two of OTAs plus, you know, the mini camp before you go to training camp. Uh, but CD is one, you know, we, we, we sat and talked to Dak, you know, you know, at his locker just just chilling. And, you know, he is really excited about CD. And mm. he says CD has it. He is going to – he he has everything, you know. And, and you know, just number one, he's – being more vocal, and I talked to Jerry Jones last week. He said CD was um, going to be an upgrade as the number one receiver over Mari Cooper because of everything he does on and off the field. You know, they, they certainly, you know, you didn't draft him in the first round and give him number 88 and not expect him to be your number one guy. So this right. day was coming anyway. It came faster than we thought it would be. 
certainly because they were unhappy last year with Amari Cooper for a number of reasons, including, you know, not being vaccinated and missing a couple of games. But this day was coming with CD, and, and they're really excited about it. See, certainly Jerry had to say that. But but Dak is, is, is very excited about CD. He sat in there. He, he moved his locker next to him in yeah. the locker room. They're right next to each other. Uh, and and, and he's, he's ecstatic over what he's going to get from CD. He said he expects him to have a big, big year. Does it feel like Dak is, is a little bit more assertive with C.D. Lamb this year than the, the previous two years of, of, hey, man, we got to develop this chemistry, this bond, I think C.D. Lamb called it, more than ever. Well, I mean, I, well, two things are at work here, you know, and people forget that. You know, Dak is more assertive, but Dak is around. Mm, oh, that's right. You know, in, in rookie year, he was in a contract holdout. Okay? C.D.'s rookie year, Dak missed all of the offseason program in the contract holdout. Last year, Dak was rehabbing from ankle injury. So this is the first time Dak has really been around to be fully engaged with CD in the offseason. That makes a big difference. Yeah. You know, and this with everything. You know, I mean, somebody asked McCarthy yesterday about Dak, you know, them using Dak and having him call receivers and do a call uh, like they're leaning on Dak more. Well, they can lean on Dak more. Dak, this is the first time since McCarthy's been here that Dak's been involved in the offseason program. I mean, people forget that. His rookie, yeah. McCarthy's first year, Dak was not around. He was in the contract holdout. His brother died. He was dealing with depression, all this other stuff. Last year, Dak was rehabbing from a torn, you know, from, from a fractured leg. He Turn was not around. Leg. He couldn't do anything, you know. And so, yeah, you you know, Dak is around this year from the beginning. And so, you know, yeah, you can use him as, to help, you know, talk to people before the draft. You can use him, you know, and he, he's around to – to get fully engaged with receivers and do a lot of things that he couldn't do in the past. And it makes a difference. Yeah, I think McCarthy touched on, on something something similar about having Dak involved more with the personnel than before, and it could be just that reason. He's here now. He's around now, not dealing with certain things. That's what it is. Yeah, you feel good about Dak, but you even if you wanted to do it in the past, you couldn't because he wasn't around the past two years. Right. Hey, switching sides of the ball here, man, because I, I I love some defense, love what Dan Quinn is doing with this team. Uh, one of his, his highlight rookie guys here, Sam Williams, because he wants to be Sam now, right, Chill? It's not D. It's, it's, He's Sam Williams. He wanted to be something else, and I think he just kind of settled on being Sam Williams. All right, all right, making sure it's, it's Sam. We won't get in trouble here. <laughs> so, you know, he likes to use chess pieces, and, and, and Sam Williams, to me, seems like he could do some of those things. When you're taking a peek down there at the defense or the drills or, or on in team, do you see him moving Sam around, doing some some versatile things early on? No, not I mean, again, Sam is not a guy that's moving around. Sam is a defensive end. Okay. And he's playing in. You know, he he's not a guy that's moving. The guy that moves around is Micah. Micah's the only guy on defense who's playing in two different positions and in two different meeting rooms. He's in the defense line meeting room, he's in the linebacker meeting room. You know, we we talked about that yesterday and, and so you know, Sam is not necessarily the guy that you're moving around at position. He's a rookie, you know, he's a pass rusher. That's what he does best if you want him to be there. You know, he's one of the people you, you, you drafted to and, and signed, added to help replace Randy Gregory. This and is you want to give him every opportunity. You want to give him every opportunity. And he looks the part. He's a big guy. He's not a little guy, you know. But 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 Sam is somebody they're excited about for sure, you know. But, you know, the, 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 the big buzz yesterday was, was Micah. You know, and, mm. and, and we talked to Micah, you know, and, 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 and Micah, you know, let, you know, uh, 
Demarcus Lawrence know that he's not getting his sack title back. You know, I get them say, you know, it, you know, you know, Demarcus talked last week about wanting to get, his, you know, become the, the, the team sack leader again, and that's his motivation. He was trying to, you know, he wasn't he let the rookie show him up, and Michael let it. Listen, I'm glad you coming to play. I'm glad you're finna join the sack party, but you're not getting the sack title back. You know, that that's mine. You get ten, I'm getting twenty. I love it. So too. It, it's good. It's, it's good fun banter, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's good. And, and, and again, Demarcus Lawrence looks trimmer. He's in better shape. Uh, he's again. Here's a guy, and people forget that Demarcus Lawrence has not had a full offseason since before he signed his contract. He's always been rehabbing, yeah. coming off surgery, doing something. This is the first offseason in a long time that he can just work and get ready for football. And, and so, you know, that that makes a difference. And it's funny because we've all had everybody's had this conversation about Demarcus Lawrence, and yeah, he's not getting the sacks, but he's all around football player, and the sacks are overrated and all this stuff. Well, Demarcus Lawrence let us know that. Sacks are not overrated. Okay, he cares about sacks. He wants to. He's a double-digit sack guy. That's why he got paid the big money because he was a sack guy, not because he did all the other stuff. And he wants to get back to being known for sacking the quarterback. Mm. See, this this comes off to me that Michael Parsons he makes everybody else around him have to raise their level of play, or you just gonna get beat out by the young buck. Well, you know, that's what, you know, I call it the Michael Parsons effect, but mm. that's what it should be. You yep. should be competing. You know, back in the 90s, you had guys competing with each other and everybody else for tackles and sacks and everybody else. You, and what it also means is you want, you need more than one good player. One, one problem the Cowboys defense have had in the past is they, 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 they haven't had difference makers on every level of the defense. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You, you need difference makers. You need good players competing with each other to make plays. You look at some of the great – everybody talking about Dan Quinn. Well, Dan Quinn is a great defense coordinator. But you know what made him great in Seattle? He had Hall of Famers on every level of defense and multiple Hall of Famers in the secondary, a potential Hall of Famers. Look, look at that defense and look at how many Pro Bowls and all pros they had. Yeah. You know, and to think he's going to do the same thing in Dallas without difference makers, without plus players, that's, that's being naive. I don't care how great a schemer he is, you still need players to make plays. Jimmy's and Joe's. And so you need Demarcus Lawrence to be that type of player, not just a good player, but a next level difference making player to go with Michael Parsons, you know, to go with Trevon Diggs. Yep. You you need plus players, not just good players who do their job. And I think, Chill, at this point right now with Demarcus Lawrence at the front level, Mike at the second, Diggs on the boundary, and I would include J. Ron Curse on the back end. For the first time in a while, you kind of got four of those guys on your defense. I can't quite remember the last well, time need, it's been that way. And you need a guy to tackle. You need somebody to yep. be that guy to tackle. You need an inside guy, you know, to, to go with, with all that. You need an inside guy. You need, you know, one of these guys, also a digger sewer, or somebody to step up and be a difference maker on the inside. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, real quick, I got a quick question about the second level, and then I'll move on to the corners real fast. What's up with Jabril Cox? Uh, I know he's rehabbing from the ACL, but what's he doing out there in regards to the cords or just kind of rehabbing? Update. Well, yeah, he just rehab. He's he's ahead. You know, he he's ahead of Michael, Michael Gallagher because he's had his surgery first. He should be ready for camp and start the season. But yeah, he he's rehabbing. There's there's been no setback, and they're excited about him taking the next step and bringing some athleticism uh, to the position. You know, to go with Michael Parsons. Okay. Um, and then the last question on the defensive side of the ball, uh, 
the cornerback position. Is it the same starting unit, or, or are we are we seeing or hearing guys like Kelvin Joseph, Nation Wright pushing these other guys? And, and we understand the Kelvin Joseph situation. So if you got any update on that, that'd be great too. <laughs> but what's up with the quarterback spot? The quarterback spot is the quarterback spot. <laughs> It's just the same. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and you know, Kevin's been out there. I don't. I haven't really seen him, you know, do much, at least as, as far as turning the ball over, knocking the ball away. But, yeah. you know, we'll, you know, his status to me is still up in the air. And we'll see, you know, if, if things change. You know, we don't know what the, what the investigation is and where the NFL is and, and, and all that other stuff. Because, you know, again, he if he is on the team, he may be suspended at some point. Right. You know, but, but – Anthony Brown is still the starter. Obviously, Trevor Undig, Jordan Lewis is still the the, the nickelback, and, and everybody else is slotted behind them. And they have not heard much from Nation Wright. They have not. He's not jumped off the page uh, at all. Interesting, interesting. We got Clarence Hill Jr., Cowboys beat writer of the Star Telegram, joining us here. Ho, in closing, um, you covered Marion Barber obviously during your time here in Dallas, and you know we as fans. We loved his passion and how he played and his playing style. But I think since his passing, you've seen a lot of uh, reporters or, or uh, former players come out and talk about him as a person. Uh, what was Barber like during your time from your viewpoint down in Dallas and maybe one of your favorite moments uh, when you were covering yeah, I mean, him? You know, yeah, Barber was he – was, he, he was not media friendly. He didn't like talking to the press, and, but he, and he was shy. But, but, you know, just great kid. Uh, Good teammate, uh, fun in the locker room. Uh, you know, I remember. You know, there were stories about him playing the piano, like music, playing the piano. He talked to Keith Davis. He's picked up the guitar. You know, uh, and, and of course his, his his style, his his style. You know, talking to Bill Parcells, who called him a near perfect player because he never missed anything. He could block, he could catch. You know, he could do it all on the field, but he was always present. He never missed practice. Never missed anything. He was always there. Then they would skip Pete talking to him yesterday. He said Michael Parsons was, you know, a model player. You know, he 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 was coachable. And certainly we knew he could run and catch the ball in the backfield. You know, was short yardage guy, hard nosed guy, all of those things. And 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 that's what people remember about him. He he was always there. He did what he was supposed to do. He was not a guy who got in trouble. Some of the things that he got in trouble after his career were mostly about mental health things and people taking advantage of him and, and things like that. Not because he was a bad kid or, or was, was criminalistic or anything like that. That just wasn't who he was. And he's a guy who was, you know, it, it's sad, you know, and, and we don't know how he died yet. And we're still figuring that out. But we know he had some mental health issues and we're going to still speak to it just because he, his running style, that maybe some CT was, was working yeah. because, you know, he, you know, tell how many concussions he had because of his running style and the way, he, you know, he, he played the game and, you know, he had a shortened career likely because of all of that. And, and and so uh, those are things that are disappointing. But but Barbara, the person, Barbara uh, was a, had a heart of gold. Uh, again, was a fun loving guy. Was shy with the media, and, and certainly everybody's gonna miss him. Thank you, man. I appreciate uh, you sharing that with us here on the channel. Hey, Clarence, or AKA Chill. This has been fantastic, man. I, I truly appreciate you coming on, and hopefully we can do this again. All right, man. Thank you, man. No problem. Thank Keep you. Doing Enjoy. what you're doing. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. All right. That was the Clarence Hill Jr. of the Star, the Star Telegram Cowboys beat writer. Good stuff there. A lot of nuggets there. 
from him that we'll dive into um, maybe later on in the show and we'll go back down and break it through. But we're going to take a quick, quick break, come back and jump back into these Twitter streets because I see y'all are going at somebody in this chat. You know, so I'll let everybody kind of collect their breaths here and then we'll get back to some of these uh, OTA notes. But fantastic call uh, by Chill. And hopefully we can, you know, develop a report here and have him back on um, another time. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Go ahead and get this read out here for you, man. We're going to talk about this week's ride of the week, which is the 2022 Hyundai Santa Cruz. Starting off at 33.5 for their top of the line model has the towing capable with trailer sway control a truck bed which is interesting for a honda apple carplay android auto 21 city 26 highway and miles per gallon and they have all the modern features uh, that you look for in your modern day vehicle for your modern day driver so check out freemanhyundai.com or visit freeman hyundai in irving texas Good stuff there from Clarence. Good stuff there, man. And um, this is what we're going to try to keep doing. We're going to try to keep getting uh, guys who are down there. Hopefully, eventually, we'll get down there um, that are involved with the team and things like that. And kind of cool, man, to, to have to have Chill join. I've been reading his stuff for since I can remember. <laughs> since I can remember. But uh, really, really enjoyed the conversation we had here. But... I hope y'all were able to enjoy it because I, I looked in the chat and my goodness. We all right, chat? We good? If we good, man. If we good, Bomb Squad. Bomb Squad! Drop some fire emojis. Drop some fire emojis in the chat if we good and we ready to keep it moving here on this Feel Good Friday. Um, as we hop back into these Twitter streets, let's see where we want to pick it up at real quick. Let's see. We talked about Tyler Smith. Our guy Chill kind of briefly talked about, briefly talked about Semi, and and I, I can't wait to hear what you guys got to say about that because Twitter tore my man up, it tore him up. Uh, let's see what's going on here. King Element says anything good on gas is a must. What is what are y'all talking about in there, man? Appreciate you, Jay. Appreciate you. You know what's funny? I see some of you guys say no, no bots have been in here. I wonder. Are the bots not here because we got more wrenches handed out to the bomb squad? Bomb squad! I wonder. I'm going to have to hit up YouTube and see if that's the case. Because if that's the case, we finna give out wrenches to everybody. You get a wrench. You get a wrench. You get a wrench. We keeping them all out of here, man. But, um, okay, so we good. I see the fire emojis. I see the bombs in the chat. Let's get it. Let's, 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 let's work, man. Let's get back to the Twitter streets. All right, so, you know, he briefly talked about the play of the day, what, what everybody's talking about here, and that's Malik Hooker getting the tip drill interception off a of Dak, which came on a pass that Semi Fehoko dropped. Uh, 
Like, I don't want people got on Simi when this happened, man. They really tore Simi up. But as Chill said on the uh, in the interview there, he also made some plays. So it seemed like there was a mixed bag for Simi Fehoko um, in yesterday's practice. Last week, he seemed to be fine. This week, it's a bit of a mixed bag. And, and David Hellman talked about his mixed bag as well. He said James Washington and Jalen Tolbert aren't back to practice yet, though Tolbert did take punt return reps today. Noah Brown also sat out. Four of the top five guys were out, which is wild. Uh, and Semi Fioko and TJ Vasher were the big beneficiaries. Both got a ton of work with Dax Sauce. Fioko make two or three nice snacks. So, all right, there's a little, little something-something for, for, for Semi Fioko. And, and if we go look at, I believe Kyle Yeomans also has some good things to say about uh, Semi as well. But he also had a bunch of other different things on that I want to touch on once we get back into the Twitter streets. But before we do that, man, before we do that, let me get my guy B Bird on the horn. And I, I got I got you, Chef. I got you, brother. I, yesterday, I was just handing them out right quick. But let me get B Bird on the horn, and, and I got you here, man. We got a couple super chats I'm going to get to, too. But uh, B Bird, what's good, OG? I actually just peeped your super chat, and my apologies, man. I didn't get a chance to do that, but I'll well, hit him up personally that, and tell him. No, no, don't worry about it, man. Okay. Uh, I know you're trying to run a show there, but yeah. uh, so so I'll clarify that. Um, so Henry Maddox was his college roommate. That's my cousin uh, at UT. Oh. And so, uh, yeah, so uh, we oh actually uh, uh we were for Texas Relays, which is a big event, you know, a social event in uh, Texas. So we were going to Prairie View, me and um, Henry's brother, my other cousin, and so we went down there and stayed with Clarence for the weekend or whatever. That was oh, wow. back in the days before he was Clarence Hill. You know what I'm saying? Before he was actually, before he was <laughs> chill, or was he chill back then? Before he was chill, yeah, before he was chill. So, <laughs> and then I look up one day and I see somebody with the same name writing for the Cowboys. I ask my cousin, say, "Is that your roommate?" He said, "Yeah, that's my roommate." I'm like, God dog, man. And, and now, made it, man. Twenty some years later, he, he's been he's one of the longest guys I think uh, beat reporters, you know, credential down there. I know David Moore's been there for a while. Um, Mike Fisher, I don't even know if you know that 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 whole thing. Um, who else has been there for a while? Uh, I forget the woman's name. My apologies, but I think she's writing for the star as well, or might be a different. But but there's I like remember her. I can't remember her name. I forget yet. her name. There's like four of them that's been there for like 20 years, and, and Clarence Hill has one of the closer connections with Jerry. I think it was pretty cool that you know he came on. Is like, yeah, hey, I'm talking to Jerry Jones. How, how how great of a flex is that? You know, I'm just talking to Jerry Jones, and you know, he just he just telling me this and that. That's just pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah, it is cool, and so. um yeah, so it was pretty. Uh, you know, I, I I would say this too. I met one of my girlfriends down there, and that didn't end too well either. But uh, <laughs> hold on, B Bert. <laughs> hold on, we don't want to get you in trouble, man. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, that's a long time ago. But um, hey, so what, what I was gonna, I got another analogy I was gonna give you on on yeah. Tyler Smith, and has you know, of course, I give him with my daughter's softball because I work real close with her on that. Uh -huh. But uh, you know, she, she played she played league ball which, uh, you know, it's a different level. Sure. You know, uh, I guess select would be AAU in basketball or whatever. But when she played league ball, um, you know, she was the best player on the team. And so what the coaches did to her was they they almost have her helping in drills because they wanted to get the other girls up to her level. 
And so what we thought was we like, oh, man, she, you know, she's the best player on the team. You know, she's good. We're just going to keep on this path and go forward. And my wife had the bright idea to say, hey, no, let's put her in select. And I was like, well, for what? She's, she's good. You know, she's the best player on the team. Well, we went to select, and she was the worst player on the team. And so what it was is then we had to work on, on the skills to get her up. The coaches and me, we had to work uh, in our own garage, hitting off the tee, going to the field and doing a lot of other stuff. Well, what I'm saying is Tyler Smith was the best player over there. So what, what, what sometimes coaches do is say, hey, man, we're good here. Like, that guy there is good. We ain't got to work on nothing with him. Let's work on these other ones. At and Tulsa, sometimes right? You take... You're talking yeah, about at Tulsa. Tulsa? I'm sorry, at Tulsa. Yep, at I Tulsa, agree with yeah. you, brother. I, I should have said that. And so so what ends up happening is when you're at a small school like that and you're an NFL first-round draft pick, well, you got to realize this is not Michigan, this is not Alabama, this is not Florida, you know, Texas. They're not used to seeing that kind of talent over there. So when they see it, they just like, hey, man, we can, we can get everybody else up to this level. Then we're good. Leave him alone. Don't like, give him that much. But like, that, just what play. that does is harm to him. Like, we just yeah. need you to play, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You being big and strong is enough for us to win. Yeah, but it's not enough on, on the next level. And so at Alabama, he probably would have got a different coaching. At, a, you know, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma, he'd have got different coaching, different level of coaching because, why? all the players over there are good. So you need to, you know, the people you go, go against are good. And so you need to, just because your, your physicality and your, your, your stature and your power isn't enough, but at Tulsa it is. And so I think uh, he probably has a lot of, uh, uh, you know, he's a raw talent. And I do agree that when um, you get in with good coaching, he's going to improve markedly, I think. And so I just want to kind of give that opinion, uh, just kind of throw that out there, man. Uh, you might see a big jump in him. And sometimes those guys, man, on that level, man, the coaches are just satisfied with who they are, and they're not trying to work on them, man. And I'll take uh, your answer off air, brother. I'll talk to you later. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Yep, we, we touched on that, I think, kind of throughout the the draft process post-draft process of of Tyler especially when I think somebody in Dallas talked to the coach and the head coach came out and in a way he kind of said hey listen we understood that Tyler Smith had things to work on but we just were kind of like just play (laughs) you know just play we'll deal with your you know your deficiencies we just need you to play but but he went into detail better than I could about it but um, we talked about it yesterday where I said at these small schools, they're just like, hey, man, you're the best player out here. We just want you to be out there and we'll, we'll, we have to coach up this guy because this guy's not even close to your level. Like this guy truly needs my attention. You're good enough and we'll deal with you throwing dudes around. Um, but it is encouraging to hear uh, Tyler Smith taking on to the coaching. And, and again, if you went and listened to his interview after he got drafted, if you had doubts on the guy, I think that should have made you feel a little bit better. I kind of often joke about this, but if a guy has the mentality of wanting to be great, he cannot look over that. Like, not only does that have the mentality, but then he puts it into action. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, whatever. Because if that dude has talent, but he may not be technically sound or it may be a bunch of things he got to work on, if he has the raw talent and then the want to, and you put that together, it's a, it's a pretty good chance that he's going to be at the very least a solid player. Not everybody, and people gloss over this just like they kind of gloss over, you know, having veterans in a locker room. When, when I talk about, and I don't want to derail my own damn show, but people gloss over that, man. And, and, and I don't want to use the the, the, pre, the previous player we drafted, but pedigree, the mentality, the want to, 
I think should hold a lot more weight in this process than maybe it does here in, in, in Dallas. And I'm not saying that the process doesn't work. They clearly draft. They're a good drafting team. We talk about that all the time. They can draft well. Um, but there's people that kind of scoff at veterans, quality veterans on the team. Oh, no, no, no. Let Aaron Hansford be the starting linebacker. We don't want them. We don't want a quality veteran in here to uh, uh, mitigate his process to be a progress stopper. Go listen to Micah Parsons. I wish I pulled this thing up. Go listen to what Micah Parsons had to say about a veteran offensive lineman that gave him some tips and tricks to the trade. And I'm talking about Lyle Collins, who everybody hates here. Not here, but when I say here, I don't mean in there. I mean everybody else, like my guy Vi said. But Micah talked about Lyle Collins telling him, hey, man, you got to make them fear this. Fear one thing, speed, and then build things off of that. And Micah was like, oh, yeah. Something I didn't think about. And he took that, and he's implementing it, and he obviously is still implementing it. And Micah, as, as we got to remember, he's only year two. So when I say, you know, bring in a quality veteran like an Anthony Barr or, or somebody of that nature, it's not because I need him to lead Micah Parsons or I need him to, you know, say, hey, Rook, this is how everything. He's not a rookie no more. But I've talked to a number of players over the last two years. And I often talk about having a veteran in that locker room, whether they were young at that point or the veteran at that point. And every single last one of them says it matters. They've all told me it matters. So I know as fans, we want to see the 75th player and not a guy who's been in the league for eight years because that's how we are as fans. But if that is a quality veteran, I'll take that all day and tomorrow and deal with it the rest of the way. I just had to get that out. Uh, three five one nine 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 three seven eight seven is a call in line. Joey, he's silly. He said, "Yo, Will, why didn't you ask about Ryan? No, let me just say this about chill. If I would have brought up Ryan, no, he probably would have never came back to this damn show. I'm just, I'm just serious. He probably would have said, Ryan, no." I actually had another question lined up for it, but I was like, I, I got rid of it. I said, nah, we're not going to do this. There, see, and that's the beauty of this. I'm still learning, y'all. Like, I'm still developing relationships with these people here in Dallas and and figuring out what questions to ask this person, what questions to ask that person, um, what these guys may have more inside knowledge on, what this guy may have more inside knowledge on. Asking about Ryan, no, I ain't one of them. But my guy, chill. But there's a lot of other things that that he can bring to the table um, that that would help out. Oh, I spoke too soon. I spoke too soon about these bots. Damn. Did y'all get them? And y'all got them all. Bomb squad. Ooh, listen. I was look. I was on my way too, ready to block. I looked down, gone. I love y'all, man. All right, let's get D-Shift on the horn, man. What it is, what it do, D-Shift, the new moderator on the channel. <laughs> hey, what's up, Scott? Appreciate that, bro. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. Listen, yesterday I was just like, look, let me just give, throw these things out real quick to help me with these bots because it was crazy yesterday. But today I kind of uh, yeah, go yeah. through a little bit more, man. What's up with you? R.I.P. the bots. 
R.I.P. the bot. Man, wait, no, 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 wait, they ain't, they don't rest in peace. We want them to suffer. Oh, rest in hell, then. There we go, there we go. <laughs> yeah, 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 but, no, nah, man, I, shit, I, I really need to give you some flowers, Scott, just because, man, you know, you, you come up, like, real quick, right? And, man, you do it with... With the, I was watching something by uh, Mike Fisher yesterday, and it like really turned me off, man. Cause Uh-oh. you know I don't, I don't I don't like content creators who who feel like they got to kind of put down other people. Cause he made this like this comment where he was talking about basically how people don't. He basically was alluding to the fact that people don't have as much credibility as guys like him who are looking at the training camps, right? And not understanding that you know he's kind of made a comment like YouTubers. You know, they're not there to see it, and they're not da 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 this and that, that and that. Sound like hating but, to me. Like, it, dry hating. Yeah. Dry hating. And so just just to undermine the, the fact that it's almost like he's trying to get the people to be like, well, just come come tune in to me and tune in to me only because I'm, I'm the only credible person. You know what I'm saying? And I, I really don't like that about guys. You know, like we the people, we – I mean, if you're not making something, then I'm looking for another video. And I'm like, I can't get enough of this Cowboys content, as, neither, you, as you can see. We need it. It's, we, we need our fix. So it's just a message to all these content creators. Like, you don't got to, like, put down other people to just, just so you, you can have people come play with you. You know what I'm saying? Facts. So, uh, and I don't, yeah. I don't ever see you do anything like that, man. Ever. You stay in your lane. And, and uh, you ain't got no hate in you. So, man, that's, that's just flowers, bro. I appreciate but, uh, it, man. That's that's nor that that's just me in general, and I don't ever see the need to do it. Um, I I know how hard like I don't care that we aren't down there as content creators on a YouTube channel, and and pardon me if I get a bit de- a bit defensive because I've I've worked with with him before, but but if that's the case, you you're attacking me. You know what I'm saying? Like you're attacking you know. me, and 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 I understand that you got you you know your way of doing things, but trust and believe me, I work just as hard. In the way and, that and we I do things here, and at the end, again, the, the people we don't we don't need y'all there. We just need someone who's gonna give us a platform. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's the one thing like DallasCowboys.com and 1053 and all these national they're not giving us the platform to say what we gotta say, and and put the things out that we gotta put out. So uh, you guys do that, and that's why that's why we rock with y'all, man. Uh, and brother, but, why do you think you I'll know, have guys like Kyle and and Dave and Chill? And Brianna and whomever Stacey, else that yeah. we've had over the last two and a half Stacey, years, yeah. it's people that have Stacey, been yeah. down there. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know what? When, and, but then also the fact that as the YouTubers are starting to rise, these people are trying to come over and do the same thing. They know to come to y'all. Come on, man. They're not just come, come on. coming on y'all show just because they ain't got nothing else to do. They come see on. y'all. Come on. So if if, mean, if if it was all sweet and you didn't need to be in this community, why you here man, then? You wasn't here two years. Woo! Let me go ahead, and move on, brother, because I we you know I'm I don't want to get yeah, too yeah. crazy here, but but I, yeah, I just yeah, I gotta yeah, defend but, my my YouTube brethren and myself because I'm a part of but, it. But I digress. Yeah, I mean, we just know y'all got a lot of people that rock with y'all. Appreciate it. But uh, but man, uh, Tyler Smith, man, uh, I was looking at a, a film on him at him at left tackle. And one of the weaknesses that he had was, I guess, you know, he had those cornerback blitzes or, you know, those stunts that um, a guy would kind of – that time those those timing blitzes, you know? Yeah. And his need to come in – like, he'll come inside and the guy will kind of tack outside and, and get to the quarterback. But I don't see 
moving him to left guard, like I think all of his weaknesses that he had at left tackle is that's done. And like just everything that you need as as far as what he's strong at, uh what he what he did well in college, um, I think that's gonna be just like amplified, just being inside and playing on a alongside guy because like, he doesn't have to uh like cover those outside blitzes, you know, he doesn't have to worry about cornerbacks coming and 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 stunting on him or whatever. Like he's just strictly playing inside. He can work those double teams with Biotis. So um man, I think we just got exponentially better. People are still hating on the draft pick. I promise I don't you, understand how you how how can you I mean honestly it's one thing, D. Schiff, and I apologize for interrupting you because this this is yeah, yeah, yeah. silly. But if if you wanted a different player at that pick at that time, that is understandable at that time. But once he's picked, right, and you get over the fact that you didn't get the guy you may have wanted and you start studying the player and obviously looking at the pros and cons and then listening to the player, I mean, how can you not like Tyler Smith? <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, I don't understand they, they, that. They, that that's those people who got to see it to believe it, and that's cool. Oh, that's but, understandable. You know, but but you can say I I, I got to see it. I got to see him do this, do that. Sure, right. But but what is your evaluation now that he's here? You feel me? And maybe I'm asking too much of 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 people, but that's all I'm saying. Like, why don't you like him if you still don't like him? Man, I just I'm looking at the measurables. I'm seeing. What he's adding to this team that Connor Connor Williams was just lighting ass, man. He just couldn't he yeah. couldn't get it done, you know. Technique wise, I, I would take a rookie who lacks a little technique, but is is strong as hell versus somebody who has all the technique, but is gonna get pushed around. Sure, I take that any day. So, uh, man, I'm you know just keeping it going, man. Excited about this team moving forward. Uh, I'm still gonna contend to the fact that we're gonna be better. But we got to see it to believe it, Scott. So I'm going to uh, let you go, man. Enjoy your weekend. And, you uh, man, stay doing what you're doing, bro. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend, uh, Chef. Yeah, I'm not going to dive too much into it. I wasn't there. I, I, I don't think I just overreacted. But because <laughs> I'll keep these conversations private. But there's been conversations about situations like this. I don't understand it. A, a lot of us here work really hard. I can't speak for everybody, but 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 I know a lot of us work here, and I can speak for myself. I know damn sure. I know. I One thing, you're never going to tell me. You may not like how my approach. You may not like my delivery. You may not like that I had a good time. I had somebody in the chat. Get them. I, I see the chat. I had somebody comment. Y'all ain't going to believe this one, Bomb Squad. Somebody commented in one of my videos, and I had to work on this, and said, well, you laugh, you laugh too much on your live stream. He said, he said something like, you need to be more serious about the Dallas Cowboys or don't talk at all. A word? If you don't like it, man, you can just keep on moving.
That's how I feel. Feel like keeping on moving. We are going to have a good time here. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the Dallas Cowboys seriously, but we're gonna have a good time doing it. And hopefully, you learn something, and I learn something from y'all at some point in some of these streams or videos. So, to that fella, kick rocks. Period. All right, let's get back into this thing. Let's get the Kyle Yeoman's notes here. Then I'll jump back into the phone line before we wrap up the show. Uh, this is what my guy Kyle, who uh, you know, another reliable guy I, I lean on down there. He said, today's Cowboys OTA notes. Micah looks like a monster. Sounds like a vet. Boy, been sounding like a vet since last year. It's it just an impressive dude. Um, he saw first glimpses of Tyler Smith off as a tackle, but Tyron was a full participant as well. Oh, that's different. He said full. I thought it was limited. Um, great reps from some young offensive linemen and wide receivers. Smith, Jones, Fryfogel, Fehoko, to name a few. And then more good days from LVE and Ghostin. And that's where I kind of want to kind of stick at real quick is the LVE and Ghostin. I think LVE, as we stand right now, is an extremely important piece given the linebacker room, especially without Jabril Cox right now. Right? Especially without Jabril Cox. This is what the linebacker room looks like right this second as we speak. Michael Parsons, LVE, Luke Gifford. Those are your veterans. Those are your starters. Story Jackson, Aaron Hansford, Devin Harper as your rookies. With Micah and really LVE, the only legitimate guys with playing time in the league, whether Jabril is back or not, but that's neither here nor there. As much as people want to kind of just say, oh, you know, hey, you know, just scoff over everything. LVE, it's great. As long as he's healthy, we're great. Let's just be completely honest here. If this is how the offense or the, the linebacker room is going to stand, we need LVE to be closer to 2018 than 2021. That's just facts. That's just pure facts. Like LVE didn't have a miserable season last year. He had a better season in 2020 and 2019 because he stayed healthy, right? Um, was he great? Nah. I don't even I don't even think I'd consider him having a, a good year. I think he might have had an average to an above average year in certain parts of the season. But sometimes that's fine. I don't think that would be fine. If we only have LVE, Micah Parsons, Jabril Cox, Luke Gifford as your guys. And that's no knock on a Devin Harper, Story Jackson, Aaron Hansford. Guys that I like. Well, I like Story. I haven't really looked into Aaron as much. And Devin. But that's no knock. These are undrafted and seventh round pick type of dudes. You know what I'm saying? So if you're not going to bring in an Anthony Barr or a Quan Alexander type that, that has experience in this league being extremely productive then you need LVE. I'm putting pressure. It is what it is to be a, what great. You need him to be closer to great than average. If that makes sense. Closer to great than average. And I know I, I hear a lot of this T Hawk and, and I hope you're absolutely, I don't know what a back bounce back year, comeback year will look like because he technically last year was his comeback year, right? If we're, if we're being completely honest, last year was the comeback year. So we need him to have a better Better than a comeback year. He played all the games last year. T, T, what was your name? T Hawk? T Hawk? He played all the games. His comeback year was last year. 
now we need him to take another step, which it's weird because we need him to kind of go back to the future. We need him to be 2018. We need him to be a playmaker, a difference maker. Maybe having the defensive line in front will will make him better, but that's what we're going to need as we stand Uh, because I love Jabril, but I don't think Jabril is going to be playing inside a lot. I think he's going to be doing more of that hybrid stuff, more of that covering the tight ends, more will type of things. It's LVE and Micah in there. And and I always said you need a thumper type to free up Micah sometimes to do uh, extra things. So that's kind of my take on on the, the LVE thing. And then Golston, I'm going to just say this. I really cannot wait to see Golston in person because if he really put that on and he's really you know eating inside at three tech, some things could be some things could be different. And, and I think we had touched on this a bit. It's interesting. They put more weight on uh, Neville Gallimore to play more some of that one, I think. So then that means if he's going to play more one and Osa is your three, the depth behind Osa, the three technically takes a hit, right? It's not Neville and Osa. It's Osa and Tristan. Do they like him or not? Now it's Osa, Tristan, and uh, Ghosting. So we'll see. All right, let's get to the horn here. 205. What it is, what it do. What's going on with the guy? What up? Is this landlord? Yes, sir. How you doing, man? You all right? I'm good, man. Look, I could tell, I could tell from the twang right away that was you, brother. What's good with you, man? <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, you know I'm a country boy, man. We ain't got no we ain't in no rush. That's why we talk so slow. We ain't got that. We ain't got much going on. Listen, my my mom moved down to North Carolina, and and, and me and my lady, (laughs) we 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 stopped somewhere randomly, and just the southern hospitality that's real down there, man. Just the the most random person we we show to you. We give everybody love and respect that they supposed to have. I appreciate that. But uh, I was just thinking, man, I got a decent little metaphor about how I look at this culture. Because, like, LBE never had the same D.C. two years in a row. Even though he had that good year, it's like the D.C. always being shipped out, turned over. Sure. So, I looked at it like a lot of casual football fans don't really get this because, like, coaching is super important. I look at it like a, a toolbox. If you got a toolbox, some part, one person might just pick it up and, you know, just have it as a weight, a paperweight or something. Mm-hmm. One man can pick it up and build you a car or fix you a car. Like, it, these players ain't nothing but tools, man. The right person get their hands on them. They can do whatever they want to do with them. And, like, as a player, you kind of in a vulnerable situation because all you can do is what the coach tell you to do. See what I'm saying? So that's why it's so important for good coaches. And sure. Just imagine if Michael would have got the wrong coach. We might have not even seen this Michael this early. Facts. You see what I'm saying? That's how important coaching is. So we finally got us a real D.C., man, and a lot of people just don't understand how great that is. Like, we need to hold on for their life for <laughs> Dan Quinn. We don't need to let him go at all. This defense got a chance to be special. Like, uh, Everybody overlooking that because we used to – I'm going to be done with this. Everybody overlooking that because we used to just relying on the offense. That's how the Cowboys been getting down for years. 
Yeah. It's just been offense or bust. But now I feel like we got a legitimate defense to help us out. Yeah, I remember talking at the end of the season, Landlord, uh, about the many different coordinators defensively that we've had since, what, 2012 or whenever the Rob Ryan situation was. You know, Rob Ryan, then Lane Kiffin, then Rob Marinelli, um, then we brought – uh, what's his, what's the guy's name? Chris Richard and Rob Marinelli and then Mike Nolan and now Dan Quinn. There was just so much turnover defensively that you couldn't possibly string together quality defenses year in, year out with so many philosophies switching and, and, and different things, different coaching. It's almost impossible to do that. Dallas needed to settle on a defensive coordinator like they had done offensively. Think about this for a second. Dallas hasn't really had an offensive philosophical shift in over a decade or over a de- no, in 15 years excuse me jason garrett came we on in 2007 not just jg not even just jg jg came on got his his play calling duty stripped but he brought on a guy uh, that he coached under and learned from as well that ran similar stuff in scott linehan what did scott linehan do brought a guy who he coached up in Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore's here, so the DNA offensively has been the same, which, and, and obviously the focus has been on offense a lot too, but now the focus seems to be shifting a bit defensively. And if the Cowboys want to remain a quality defense consistently, they have to stick to a philosophy, a certain coaching tree or something. Because even if Dan Quinn goes, then damn it, hire, uh, what's the cat, the, 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 the uh, secondary Just coach, Joe Witt. Somebody that's under him. <laughs> Joe Witt. Keep Joe Witt around. You know what I'm yeah. saying? As yeah. opposed to continue yeah. to switch yeah. things up. So I say all that to say I'm with you, man. Keep Dan Quinn or keep something of Dan Quinn's here as much as you can so that you can continue to have quality defenses, man. Or you're just going to continue to be up, down, up, down, and, and never get over that that type of hump. See, we had consistency, but not the right kind of consistency on the outside of the box. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but – I just wanted to highlight this guy, man. I appreciate you, man. Keep doing God's work out there, man. We we love with the content, man. Hey, hey, I appreciate you as well, man. And you you're killing it right now on your channel. Let, let them know where they can find some of your Cowboys content. Oh yeah, man. Just highlight me, man. At landlord from Alabama on all social media sites, man. Appreciate you, Scott. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Yeah, I didn't mean to go on the whole tangent there, but but. And I, I don't even think I have the visual because I think sometimes I say this to y'all a lot. Like, sometimes you got to see it. Let me let me see if I still got it up there. I probably took it off. Sometimes you just. Oh, I got rid of it. You just got to see it to really see how many damn coordinators the Cowboys went through. Yeah, I think I got rid of that visual. I'll bring it back on another day, but. They got to settle, man. And when I say settle, I don't mean it in a negative way. They got to get they, you know, plant their feet, grow some roots philosophically so that the Ravens, the Steelers, you wonder, you know why they have consistently good defenses over a 20-year period? Now, I'm not saying they got to go that extent, but because they have roots, they have a philosophy, and they have a, a farm system, if you will, that... They're not changing a bunch of things up year in, year out. They know the type of players they want and their system, a proven system at work. So what y'all talking about in here? 
I think we got what? Uh, one more. Oh, I think we got through all of our tweets. I think we hit the Twitter streets, and I think we cool. Oh, okay. There is one more that I want to touch on, um, and that's the the Tony Pollard situation. I'd be remiss if I didn't bring that up. Uh, Bree says, no Debo Samuel in Dallas, no problem. Notable from Cowboys OTAs, Tony Pollard practicing as a slot wide receiver for Dak Prescott behind one C.D. Lamb. I, I, I asked uh, Chill about this specifically like hey man does this feel like there is a a real i don't want to say change but a a real dedication to using tony pollard as a pass catcher he said there's always been because they've they've always talked about it but then we get to the season and tony pollard how many receptions did he have last year y'all like 20 20 something i mean maybe it's more hopefully it was more but i think that's craziness to me i think that's craziness i think tony pollard if we're keeping it real should be top this year top three four in targets and in, in, in receptions i mean go look at the alvin kamara situation austin eckler had 92 receptions as a reserve running back a couple years ago he wasn't a starter he was a reserve he was splitting time with uh what was it melvin at the time i think it was melvin gordon Hell, we always talk about Alvin Kamara and um, Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram? Alvin Kamara and Ingram. I think Melvin Ingram. But Ingram and Kamara. We talk about them, but hell. Go Melvin Gordon. Austin Eckler. I'd, I'd take that. I'd take that because they used Austin Eckler how I visualize using Tony Pollard. So... I don't know how to look at this right now because four of the top five wide receivers are out. And if Tony Pollard's not the next guy in line to do some more receiving things, then what the hell are you doing? Right? So part of, of sky is like, Oh man, this is awesome to hear. The other part is like, okay, this is, this is three, I have three years of proof with this offensive coordinator that we don't use Tony Pollard in that way. So while I want to get excited, that is holding me back a little bit. And I'm going to need to see uh, Kellen Moore really implement this stuff and stick with it. And that's honestly kind of how it is with this team in general, which sucks, man. And I'm going to try to to not allow it to suck the fun out of the season because what happened last year could cause a lot of fans to, if we're having a good season, to kind of be like, ah, nope, I don't care. We're 7-1. Toxic Tom Downey Burner account. We're seven and one. I don't care. Got to see the playoffs. That's fair. That is totally fair. But join me and hope I hopefully I stick to it. Join me in just living week to week. If you do that, then once the playoffs get here, now we can we can kind of we can kind of go a different route. But that's the kind of thing that sucks here, man. This whole Tony Pollard thing is kind of a microcosm of, of how most Cowboy fans feel about the Cowboys in general. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. He's doing this now. But what's going to happen when it really gets real? When it really gets real. All right, we are now in the overtime. I need to get me an overtime drop. We're in overtime, man. I'm feeling good. It's Feel Good Friday. Um, Uh-oh. And here come Mozart. I think that means that you know it's time to go to the bathroom. So real quick, <laughs> because I think he's about to join this show again. Real quick, man. There he goes. There he goes, y'all. He's back. 
Mozart is back, and I think he's telling me it's time to go to the bathroom. Okay, let's go. Come on. See, that's 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 the magic word for him is come on. So, with that said, he's like, oh, you tricked me. With that said, Cowboys Nation, man, this has been uh, a fantastic show because I don't feel like dealing with no, no mess around the house. Y'all know me. This has been a fantastic show. Um, great call by our guy Chill over at it's the Star Telegram Cowboys Beat Reporter. Run that thing back if you haven't, uh, if you missed it. Great stuff today. I will chop some of this up. We'll get it back out later on. So make sure you hit those notification bells on the way out. Let me press this button because he's starting to cry now, and I don't want to. I mean, so we're gonna get out of here. Good stuff. Love y'all. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Have fun. Check me out on Twitter. I'll probably be talking about some things. Time to go. Love y'all. Get out of here. Peace. Bomb Squad!